Welcome to a new super fast episode of Save Station Radio. I'm your host Dustin, and with me is my co-host Connor. Hello there. And to start off the new year 2021, we are talking about one of my all-time favorites, Sonic Adventure. Of course, originally released for the Dreamcast on September 9th, 999, uh, the date of the Dreamcast, which is the best date. Um, maybe maybe Skyrim has the second best with 11-11-11. Oh, is that better uh, than Sonic Tuesday? Ooh, what is Sonic Tuesday? They released Sonic 2 on a Tuesday. <laughs> they called it Sonic Tuesday. Oh, that's funny. Um... Uh, that it got a re-release as the Sonic Adventure Director's Cut on the GameCube June 18th, 2003. Which then further got another re-release on Xbox 360 and PS3 June 10th, 2010. And finally Steam March 4th, 2011. And there was definitely a PC version of that original GameCube port as well somewhere along there. Because I had it. <laughs> I don't remember when though. So, yeah, Sonic Adventure. We have a bunch of facts here and stuff like that, but before we get into any of that stuff, I want to, I want to hear about your history with this game. Yeah, so obviously this was one of my childhood favorites growing up. The I was definitely more into Sonic Adventure 2, the one we'll cover next time. That was the one I personally grew up with. Who wasn't? It what? Who wasn't? Who wasn't? Yeah, no kidding. But Sonic Adventure was one that I definitely played quite a bit. Mainly the GameCube one. I never owned a Dreamcast until just recently. But everything about it was kind of just strange and really interesting to me as a kid. Obviously, growing up with Sonic Adventure 2, there was a lot of uh, knowledge of just this what the Sonic game would play like. But there was all this weird stuff that just I didn't know about. There was this weird water monster and there were hub worlds and some weird characters it was something that i being a kid at the time didn't know much about until i would later get my own version of it and uh i mean it's sonic adventure i love the heck out of it so yeah my my version growing up was also the gamecube version i never owned a dreamcast and i would say that's probably the second like as a character as a as a kid Sonic was probably the second like video game thing I fell in love with after Spyro the Dragon uh, and was just like obsessed over and loved it to death. Um, I love this game. I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. It's so funny playing it as an adult and I have replayed it many times. Like this is a game I, I go back to all the time uh, despite some of its faults or a lot of its faults I should say. It's a game I, I love dearly and hold hold pretty close to my heart. It's a it's it's really funny though going back to it because like I thought it was the coolest thing in the world and there's so much about it that is so lame, <laughs> but as a kid it really captivated me and I thought it was awesome. Uh, I I put hours and hours and hours into it. I actually have a have a vague like like horror nightmare story about I don't remember who it was like some parents friends kids or something coming over and deleting my memory card save. With all my chow oh data my on it, it was oh no. heartbreaking. Oh my god, dude, it was it was awful. Uh, you know, if you want to see like six year old Tustin meltdown, it was that for sure. Yeah, I was that for someone else, so I definitely understand the feeling. 
Yeah, but this game is incredibly important to me as as well as its sequel. Uh, I just I love it so much, and I'm so excited to, to do these games. But before we dive in, let's talk about the backstory of development. You've gathered most of this stuff here, so what can you tell us about how it was made? Yeah, obviously I'm not going to go into the whole history of the franchise. There's a lot of, you know, there's four-ish Genesis games and then spin-offs and all that. That's for later. But uh, after the release of Sonic 3 and Knuckles, the final Genesis game, official Genesis game, they wanted to do the jump to 3D. This was the big time where Mario was doing it. There was Crash Bandicoot. It was a big time, you know? You could do 3D graphics at home. That's insane. So they had their next console, which was the Sega Saturn, which is a console I do want to own someday, but have not found a reason to justify it. And the main reason for that is there was no official mainline Sonic game for the console. Uh, They started work on a game called Sonic Xtreme, X-Treme, and... It looks really weird. I'll put put some footage of it in the show notes, but it looks strange. It's got this fisheye lens and this, you're sort of going fixed camera, but back and forth against the camera. It's really strange. It's really interesting. Somebody actually created, um, it, it's obviously not going to, you know, tell you for sure, but like there's a, there's a creation in Dreams, the PS4 game that is emulating that, that I played uh, when that game came out and it was really cool. <laughs> That's obviously you know, a fan, a fan creation, um, and it was original levels too, but it had that fisheye lens and sort of those skinny pathways that that game had uh, in footage. It's, it's really interesting to see somebody try to recreate that gameplay style. It, it To give that game some credit, it does look like it might be a little sickening to play for an extended period of time, but it looks really unique. Like, if you look up footage for it, it's it's kind of cool and interesting. Yeah, but it, it ended up facing many development setbacks and then ended up being canceled in 1997. So, uh, Sonic Team at this time was also working on Nights into Dreams, which is a personal favorite of mine, and I'm going to take all the excuses I can get to talk about it. This was a sort of 2D arcade-styled action game, but if you... If you failed and you ran out of time, then it would boot you out and you would run through this sort of 3D platforming area, which was really interesting because, like, why? Why? Honestly? Um, So you have this full 3D platforming in 1996, which, uh, keep in mind, was a very new thing, as we talked about in our Crash Bandicoot episode. But... The game was primarily focused on the the 2D uh, sort of side-scrolling action. There were there were 3D environments, but uh, it was primarily focused on the arcade-style stuff. So after Sonic Extreme's cancellation, which was happening after Nights into Dreams, they started working on a new 3D Sonic game, one that would use that sort of 3D platforming stuff using the Knights engine that they had built. And when they were working on that, Takashi Azuka, the designer of Knights and, you know, Sonic and everything else, proposed a much more story-focused RPG title. 
which was so an interesting, interesting move. <laughs> yeah. Especially for not only because it was the Saturn and the Saturn had Saturn problems, but they didn't have a mainline 3D Sonic game yet, so they were going to do a spin-off RPG title. It's fascinating. And you can I mean honestly, you can kind of see it in this game with its um hub worlds. <laughs> I can kind of see where that design still lingers a tad. Uh, really interesting. Was this after uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga? This would be either just before or right around the same time as Panzer Dragoon Saga. So I wonder cause... if it's that game's fault. <laughs> like if they because that game uh, sales wise obviously bombed, but like it's critically loved. And so I wonder if the thinking was, we nailed this as an RPG. Why not do it with a property that uh, the mass audience loves? Yeah, but um, Panzer Dragoon Saga didn't release until like the tail end, like late 1997, I believe. And that would have already been after they proposed this idea. So, huh, Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so with that idea of a more story-focused RPG title, but not wanting to do a full RPG game. They still wanted their 3D platformer. They sort of took that inspiration and molded the plot around it, which you can definitely see in the final game. And using the Knight's engine, they produced, in 1997, an early prototype of what Sonic Adventure would become on the Saturn. But it was getting late into the Saturn's development, or late into the Saturn's lifespan. Sales were just garbage for the console so they were like okay we just want we're going to do a new console it's going to be more powerful than the saturn it's going to be entirely focused on 3d graphics which the saturn was not they then started to develop the dreamcast which was developed at the same time as sonic adventure but since they already had this working 3d sonic prototype on the dream on the saturn they included it in uh, Sonic Jam for the Dreamcast which was just a collection of like past games I think it had Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Knuckles and then some bonus stuff so there's a Sonic World option in that game where you can play as Sonic in a 3D environment and platform around and then just kind of look at bonuses and whatnot. and that's what the Saturn prototype became after the Sonic Jam thing, they completely jump shipped to what would become the Dreamcast. They had the pre-release dev kits at that time, and they started developing that for the Dreamcast. Sonic Jam was always a weird thing to me as a kid, because I forget which thing had footage of it on. I think the Sonic Gems collection or something on GameCube that I had had like a Sonic Jam trailer or something on it. And I just remember like not understanding what that was and really wanting to because I was obsessed with Sonic. And so like just that weird little hub world you could run around in, I, I've and I've never gotten to play it. That's so that's one of those games that's always eluded me and I really wanted to try. Yeah, it's definitely something I will collect eventually once I actually buy a Saturn. But man, it's so yeah expensive. <laughs> totally. Um, a fun note about this whole saturn to dreamcast jump sonic adventure actually got pretty far on the dreamcast there was um some footage shown somewhere it surfaced somewhere on the internet 
and they had the entire Tornado 2 transformation sequence using the Saturn models, but it still was pretty close to what would be in the final game, so it could have been running off of early Dreamcast hardware. But then, actually, in the Dreamcast version of Sonic Adventure 1, when you're doing the Sky Chase minigame, it does continue to use the Saturn models while you're flying. Really interesting. In the, in the final version. They changed it for the DX version on the GameCube, but in the Dreamcast version, they're still using the Saturn models. It kind of looks like um, in Mario 64 when you get a glimpse of the um, of of the uh, low level of detail Mario, you know. Yeah, Mario 64 when he walks too far away. Yeah, it it's looks pretty like that. great. Yeah, that's really interesting stuff. Um, I will say, and we will have it linked in later, and we pulled some facts from a Digital Gaming video. They do have f- some footage of that, so you can see it. It's interesting uh to say the least a fascinating thing about this game is it actually had some dlc and you tried he has emphasis on the word tried there to get it to work on a dreamcast do you want to tell us about that dlc and also your experience yeah so this is one of like the first instances of dlc in any game (laughs) i don't know if it was the first but it's definitely very early and what you would do was you would connect your Sega Dreamcast to a dial-up modem and then you could access the Sega internet website and download the save the Christmas DLC save data to your VMU and then you could play with the Christmas DLC. Seems way more convoluted than it should be. But what was more convoluted is trying to do this in the year 2020 and not the year 1999. So what was that process like? What did you what did you go through to try to um, ultimately experience DLC that is just cosmetic? Okay, so it was a little it was going to be a little bit more than just cosmetic DLC. There's a lot more to it. I mean, it, it. For Sonic Adventure 1, it is cosmetic, but there's more to what I was planning. And the way that you would experience this in in the year 2020 is you would get a program that is a fan-made collection called Dream Explorer. And what Dream Explorer does is you put the disc into... You have to burn it to a disc, first of all. That's step one. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to have a specific. You have to have CDRs, not DVDs, and not not just regular CDs. They have to be CDRs, and you have to burn Dream Explorer to the CDR, and then you put it into your Dreamcast, and it'll boot up a specific program that you can then modify your VMU with. And the program comes with tons of. Uh, both completed save data for pretty much every game that was released for the Dreamcast, uh, the DLC for Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, and you can also customize things like the VMU's image and get bonus games on it and all that. It's extremely cool. What is difficult (laughs) is actually getting it to work on a Dreamcast, especially when you don't know that your Dreamcast can't play burned discs and you try for seven hours burning 
about 15 discs and it just does not work. That sucks. So the reason you can burn discs to a CD and then play them on the Dreamcast is the Dreamcast had terrible um, piracy encryption. There's a feature for the Dreamcast that you can run a CD as a mill CD, which was a specific format that they could then put stuff into games, specifically like music tracks. I think there was some karaoke mode for Space Channel 5 that used it. So they had this specific CD format that they could use instead of the regular GD-ROMs, which were a gigabyte in size rather than the 700 megabytes of a CDR. And there's a way that you could then use a thing called a Utopia boot disk to trick the uh, Dreamcast into finding the program file that gets splintered when you burn a disk or on a GDR that you can then trick the Dreamcast into just finding it for you. So this allowed pretty much anyone to do... Uh, like pirated games super easy with their computer and that's really great for someone who doesn't want to buy dreamcasts the thing is that only works on the dreamcast model zero and model one there's a little thing on the bottom of the console that tells you that and if you have a model two it it doesn't have the mill cd format at all so you can't do that i bought a model one so it would do this <laughs> but the laser is super old and refuses to read uh, CDs, which I only figured out after seven hours of burning CDs and having them not work and not being able to get the DLC working. Damn. So, so what it, is this DLC you worked so hard to get? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I did have another solution of trying to get the DLC, which is then buying a USB modem and then proxying a dial-up connection, which is way too much work. I did not get into that. But the actual Christmas DLC is mainly it just adds a couple Christmas trees to Station Square. And if you interact with them, it shows a little Christmas message. And then it plays the acapella version of Dreams Dreams from Christmas Nights into Dreams. Which was a male like a magazine promotion that added Christmas levels to Nights into Dreams for the Saturn, which I do own. But, I mean, that's about it. That's pretty much what the DLC is. It adds that music track, some Christmas trees, and a little Merry Christmas message. It is super interesting that this early instance of DLC exists. I, I mean, obviously there are expansions to PC games and stuff like that, but like this, especially on a console, is fascinating. Yeah, because this was 1999. Yeah, so really interesting stuff. Because, I mean, this is the same year as, like, I think uh, Spyro 2 and, like, Majora's Masks and stuff. Like, or was that the year after? I, I, but I, it's that era of games, right, where you wouldn't even think to connect them to the internet at all, especially if you're a console gamer. Obviously, the PC side, PC side was different, but it's fascinating to me. Really well, cool stuff. What's even more fascinating about the Christmas DLC is that it contains a very obvious oversight where one of the locations where a Christmas tree is placed is actually where you would get the key card to access Speed Highway. 
So if you weren't to that part in the game yet, and you had the Christmas DLC, the tree would spawn over top of the card, and you could not get to it. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that <laughs> so much. So the only way to progress with the game is to remove the DLC from your VMU, get the key card, unlock the stage, and then put the DLC back onto your VMU. God, what a mess. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, so just a couple more things here. All of these I should know. I pulled these together quickly before we started. They come from a Did You Know Gaming video, which you informed me this is quite an old video and that they have like kind of upped their game in terms of fact-checking and making sure things are accurate. So some of this information just might not be right. <laughs> so, um, I actually verified quite a bit of this stuff with other sources, and most of this is fairly true. The only one I'm a little iffy on is the... Um, the one that says E-102 Gamma was included because of fan requests in yeah, order to give Sonic a gun, weird. which is partially true because that's how Shadow the Hedgehog came to be. But I don't know if it dated back this early. So it is interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just real quick, I think probably the most interesting one in here, uh, Eggman and Takal were possibly playable characters early on in development. People have figured out how to select them with uh hacking the game data which is really interesting uh and i believe it especially the to call stuff because she is very prevalent within the story so that totally makes sense to me yeah and especially since i think it was first discovered by someone using a game shark moon jump code on the game and you can actually make to call jump in cutscenes with it which is not something that an, any npc does and then eventually they would then find the code that had partial programming for, for them. They don't interact with any uh, enemies or anything in certain environmental objects, but they are fully controllable, so that's interesting. It's also interesting because they wouldn't actually become playable in that specific format until the, I believe, the next game had Eggman playable like that. And then Adventure 2 Battle had to call playable. Yeah, that's that what I was going to say. That that to me even lends more green stone because a lot of those battle characters feel like they just ripped them from other things. And maybe that was a character that already had animations and stuff that they just took. Yeah, and you could control Eggman in the Chow Gardens in that manner. So This this one's fairly known, but I, I, I love it. Uh, they used real photographs of uh, South American ruins. I almost said Mayan. I'm not sure if that's actually true. To, to base the ruins off in the game and you can totally tell they took photos there's some really cute photos out there with uh, Sonic plushies against this Mayan tempo which is they just straight up modeled into the game which is fun yeah there's pictures of the developers hanging out and flying and whatnot it's pretty fun yeah and then the other one in here that I I, I didn't know was I guess chaos is apparently intended to be a mutated chow yeah and I mean this is kind of I mean, it's not stated in the game, but the fact that Chaos is just Chow with an S, or rather the the reverse is true, Chow is just Chaos without an S. It's just a, sing, a singular Chaos. And the fact that Chaos is the protector of the Chow, it's kind of weird. It's kind of something you could figure out, um, especially with the DX re-release where they added a bunch more to the Chow Garden and they added at, actually added Chaos Chow where you can evolve them to be like miniature Chaos. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, the Chow Garden, um, we won't mention it a whole bunch in this episode specifically, but it is way in depth. Like, you could get way more into the Chow Garden than I would ever have the patience for. So, okay, so yeah, let's talk what we played. So, we both played the DX version first. Uh, I played it through backwards compatibility on an Xbox One. And in terms of changes from the original DX version from the GameCube, the GameCube has these really cool unlockable mini-games that are, I think, the Game Gear titles of uh, the Sonic games. So you can get, like, Sonic Chaos. Is that one of them? Yep, uh, I believe the games are Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, the Game Gear versions, Sonic Chaos, Sonic Triple Trouble, and then I believe there might be a way to unlock... There's the Kart Racers too. Oh yeah, Sonic Drift 1 and 2. Um, it wasn't until Mega Collection and Mega, Mega Collection Plus specifically that added things like Tails Sky Patrol and Tails Adventure. Yeah, which are super cool unlockables for getting the emblems. Uh, oh no! Sega ripped those out of the more modern ports of the game, the HD oh, ports. Oh, that's lame. Yeah, it's... Oh no! Because uh, those are really cool rewards for completing stuff, so that's I a bummer. But so other than that, them again. Yeah, other than that, it is that GameCube game in HD uh, to the point where they didn't bother adding widescreen, which is also super oh, no. annoying. Because even in 2010, that was standard like come on seriously but other than that it is the same game um to the gamecube version now but we were going to start recording and then we delayed the episode because you bought a dreamcast with sonic adventure and you played it twice all over again on the game on the dreamcast version and there are a bunch of differences between dreamcast and uh director's cut uh a lot of them are visual do you want to go through some of the things you noticed or yeah so i I played through the GameCube version initially. I also have the PC version, but I decided to go with the GameCube version for whatever reason. Maybe it was just nostalgia and I had it set up. The differences that I mainly noticed is there's, I mean, there's like a lot of visual stuff. The entire color scheme of station square is different like most of the buildings are built out of a sort of reddish brick instead of the gray concrete yeah that's that's like the biggest one um there's certain textures like specifically in twinkle park there's one where like the floor is completely grass where in the dx there's like a path and then uh final egg there's like a ground texture that's just straight up completely different there's i'll leave a link to I believe it's the cutting room floor is the site that I found, and they go way granular yes. into all of the changes. The That site rules, by the way. Yeah, it's very interesting to read. The biggest things, and the main reason why I wanted to play the Dreamcast version, was the all of the main characters, the playable characters, have entirely different models. <laughs> the original Dreamcast version has some models that are a little bit pudgier they're a little closer to what i think the genesis games are kind of emulating 
so that sort of rounder more cartoonish look where where they'd get sort of more sleek and not streamlined but just a little bit smoothed out in later games specifically adventure 2 so when they got to director's cut on the gamecube they actually used uh newer models for the gamecube version which was really interesting and honestly i think the game the dreamcast models look better (laughs) that's just personal preference for the most part interesting i completely disagree Um, (laughs) you don't like the pudgy ones no i think the uh because i think this is this is in the era where a lot of the 3d models you know don't really resemble the key art of the game (laughs) and like the character art i think the character art for this game looks great and I think the GameCube models look a lot closer to that. They, I mean, they still don't, you know, nail it. They still look like completely two different things. But, uh, but I prefer that. Also, you know, bear in mind that's the version I grew up with. Yeah, it's hugely nostalgic. So whatever. Um, and yeah, you loaned that to me, and I played the first two levels and a half of Sonic's campaign, and those texture differences are fascinating. Well, and the biggest. The huge difference is that it uses an entirely different lighting engine. Yeah, it's as somebody who probably put over a hundred hours into that game as a kid and then more as an adult. It is like wild. <laughs> it is like yeah, because when you jump to the DX version on pretty much any platform that it was released on, they all look really shiny. <laughs> yeah, which you know never really bothered me, especially as a kid, but. Going back to the Dreamcast one where I feel like it had better atmosphere in terms of and better texture. It get like um and if you go to that link in the description with the the cutting room floor site, they actually mentioned that the older models of the characters actually had a fur texture on them. Whereas in the GameCube versions it's just a color gradient. <laughs> so I feel like it just has a little bit better feel to it. I feel like that's a good seg- a good way to segue into uh, our, our overall reviews, let's say. I, as I said earlier, this game is hugely important to me. I love the oh, no. of it. I'm very nostalgic for it. Uh, warts and all. That being said, it's a lot of warts, and I do not think it's a good video game. <laughs> it's one where there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad to it. Um, I think it starts off on the right foot. It's... We didn't even mention in all of this that it is a game that features six different playable characters. Um, that are all necessary to beat the game. Yes. And I think, unfortunately, that is its downfall. Not just because those characters play differently. Uh, some of them, yes. But, like, more so because they all intertwine in the same story. And so if you end up having a scene with multiple characters in it, you're going to be watching that cutscene multiple times, which sucks. And granted, they do try to change it up. Uh, there's slightly different dialogue depending on the character you're playing as, but it's not enough. Uh, it gets pretty boring pretty quickly. The biggest uh, example of repetition is the fact that Sonic and Tails go through the both Sky Chase minigames together. Oh my god. So you have to play it 
fully in both stories. You basically have to play the same mission four times. And it's not a great mini game either. Um, it's a yeah. yeah uh, we gave Eternal Darkness oh no. for doing the same location twice. <laughs> it's it's basically that. Yeah, um, and all the characters share the same levels. They don't have, you know, they're modified for each character, but you're going to be running through the same environments a lot. And and especially because the game puts Sonic in your face at first, he runs through almost every environment. So right away, you've kind of seen all the game has visually, except for one or two places. Uh, so when you're running through the other characters, like, okay, been here, done that. Yeah, there's 11 stages total. 12 if you count Sand Hill, and Sonic goes through 10 of them. Yeah, so it's it really suffers from a repetition problem. Um, it is notoriously glitchy. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't, I think some people make it out to be way worse than it is. I did have an unnecessary death or two. In fact, in the Dreamcast, uh, in the Dreamcast session I just had, uh, in Windy Hill, I took a spring that's supposed to be an automated set piece moment and the spring just straight up killed me launched me off into the ether <laughs> cool yeah. so yeah, it's got it's some rough. janky moments like that it's uh it's pretty easy though i never had a game over or anything because of it but another weird i just want to bring up another difference between the dreamcast and gamecube versions or the just the dx version in general for the dx version they actually weakened the collision so a lot of those clipping that you see, especially in like um, Emerald Coast, where you can clip through loops or whatever, a lot of that just isn't possible in the Dreamcast version, which is strange to me why they would break it. It is weird. I will say that that loop glitch is very infamous, and I've had it happen to me before this playthrough, and I've replayed for, for this, I replayed Emerald Coast several times, just doing the different emblem challenges. Didn't have that happen to me once. Like, so it's kind of inconsistent, uh, which isn't which isn't good. Like, it's not that like, you know, I don't blame anybody for being frustrated with it. It's totally fine and acceptable. It's just like sometimes it kind of feels like oh no, it breaks, and sometimes it's totally fine. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, and then they, like those other playable characters are fine. I think Tails is fine. I think Knuckles is fun. I think Amy's okay. Uh, even on two gamma, I think is okay. Big, I think is horrible because his gameplay completely strays away from any platforming at all. It's fishing, and it's at that bad. <laughs> um, I guess we should probably walk through both of those, through all of that stuff. Sonic's gameplay is straightforward. It's linear platforming. You know, I, I guess I would say think a faster Crash Bandicoot or whatever. You know, not a lot of exploring going on in those levels. Some sometimes you have alternate pathways, but really they're pretty linear challenges. Yeah, I would say that it, um, in terms of Sonic especially, I feel like this game more than any other 3D game, and this is jumping the gun a little bit, very closely matches the level design of the classic games, where you have the straightforward path, you know, in the classic games it's left to right, in this game it's just get to the end, but there's a bunch of little offshoots and slightly different pathways that will reward your curiosity and also your platforming skill. So, in Adventure 1's case here, there's, take Emerald Coast, there's a bunch of little offshoots where you can kind of explore the beaches, or maybe take a slightly different path to get this way, um, and it'll usually reward you with either an extra life or some more rings or whatever. 
maybe an invincibility capsule here or there. And I think that's really neat because Sonic is mainly about going fast. So it's both about how you can get to the end of the stage as fast as possible, but uh, still rewarding your curiosity, looking for either shorter routes or just more collectibles. Or I really like that aspect of the 2D games, and I feel like this game pretty closely matches that style. Yeah, I agree. And I, I do want to praise the homing attack, which is, this is the game where they introduced it. I think that is brilliant. Um, I mean, technically introduced. <laughs> when was it introduced? It, it was technically introduced as a power-up in Sonic 3D Blast, which was on the Genesis and the Saturn. You could get a yellow shield and it would give you the homing attack. Now it's just a base ability that he always has. And it is fantastic. It's the best way of attacking things in a three-dimensional space without locking on. And obviously you can jump on them, but like just having the ability to homing attack them is very helpful. Yeah, no, it's it's smart. Um, it, it also allows the designers to kind of slow you down for a second uh, to make sure you're not veering off the path or whatever. Because it is a little, like, I guess I would describe it as squirrely. <laughs> like, and I feel like that homing attack does wonders to help though i would criticize it a little bit and say sometimes it's not exactly clear when you're locked on it could have used some indication but 99 percent of the time i think it's fine and if you don't have a target to homing attack you could still use it as an air dash to pretty quickly gain speed which i find pretty useful as well yes totally tails is very similar to sonic he does not have a homing attack but he can fly his levels are all racing themed so you're generally racing another character to the end um, to the end, which is which is fine. It's fun. I would recommend you don't play Tails' campaign right after Sonic's campaign because they are pretty much the exact same thing with one different minigame. So avoid and that. a slightly different ending. But yeah, so that's the thing, especially with this whole setup of playing as, diff- as six different characters. You unlock them in a specific order. You start with Sonic. He's the only one unlocked. After that, you unlock Tails, then Knuckles, then Amy and then Gamma, and then finally Big. That's the order you unlock them. Do not play them in that order, because the pacing is awful. (laughs) They just slowly degrade in quality. (laughs) Totally, totally. Um, Yeah, but his levels are fun. Um, Again, don't play them right after you play Sonics, but it's enjoyable. Uh, They add a bunch of, like, like speed boost loop things in the air, so it encourages you to fly. Uh, They're all super easy. I will say there's no, it doesn't like like the racing element you might think would change that stuff it super doesn't like I just basically played through it casually and won every time so I think that also doesn't help the repetitiveness but whatever it's fine Tails is fine one of the best things about Tails story and I think he's probably my second favorite character after Sonic to play as one of the best things in his campaign is his run through Windy Valley Oh, that level is so fun to fly through and break. Yeah, so on the GameCube version, I wasn't able to pull this off in the Dreamcast version because it has a lower draw distance. But the GameCube version, you can beat the game, you could beat that entire stage without ever touching the ground, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is exactly what I did. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, Then we have Knuckles, who has more open-ended stages, uh, where he is collecting uh, pieces of. Uh, the Master Emerald, which is part of a story. Um, they're fine. They're more sandboxy. I feel like they wanted to make more of a collectathon thing. I 
they it never really feels like they give you a chance to explore these levels in a way that you become familiar with them if that makes sense the emeralds are all on a a compass and a radar and it's useful to find them but it makes these levels just feel kind of rote and repetitive because i'm not really paying attention to the level i'm paying attention to this radar <laughs> so i've i've kind of torn on him uh he's okay i don't know okay this will be interesting when we get to the next game especially yes but... i don't ever feel like they get this place title right just a heads up for the next game um but yeah fun. i find it I find it enjoyable enough. I feel like Knuckles' movement capabilities make it pretty fun to explore. He can glide and climb walls just like in Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, and all of his stages are just these small sandbox areas. So when he goes through Speed Highway, it's mainly like two city blocks that he crawls around on. And then yeah. Red Mountain, it's just this one section that he can explore. And I find that a lot more digestible than for this style of gameplay uh the i will say the worst stage is probably the worst stage in the game other than any of big stages is his version of the sky deck uh it's yes. really annoying to fly all the way back to the start of the stage to just to change one thing and then fly all the way back to where you know the emerald is and there's weird gravity and collision errors and all that kind of stuff so that stage is annoying but overall i feel like he's generally pretty fun to control yeah he's fun to control and he's fine i just find that that objective i think i think it i think those levels want you to explore them but the objective kind of butts heads against that when it's giving you a radar to find stuff which i get because they don't want the player to get frustrated it's, it's a weird problem to solve i guess is the issue um, and I mean, the way you would solve that is have a bunch of different pieces you can collect and only need a couple to finish the level, right? But they didn't do that. And <laughs> um, that also, in the story, makes no sense, so... Yeah, no, I I get it. Well, I don't know. The story seems to be fine making no sense. But, <laughs> I guess um, that's fair. Uh, we have AB, who has straightforward platforming sequences like Sonic, but she's way slower, and she's constantly being chased by an indestructible robot, which is an interesting idea um i think she's way less satisfying to control she feels a lot slower and heavier uh she has one awesome move that i wish they had built on where if you get up to full speed you can slam your hammer into the ground and do this really satisfying like flip but other than that i i'm not a big fan of hers her levels feature a lot of like you're going to carry stuff to place it in the right place so you can move on um which is all intended to build tension for this indestructible robot that's constantly chasing you but None of it's that hard, so it's yeah. Never the robot really... is really easy to avoid. You should never get captured by him no. because you have a hammer, and yeah, it's not going to kill the robot, but you could just bonk it on the head and easily run away. So they're not yep. difficult, but man, does it really, really suck that she walks so slowly. Yeah, and it takes so long for her to accelerate to top speed too. It's just it doesn't feel conducive Unless to this there's game. There's one. There's one thing with Amy that's fantastic, and that's that they didn't really cap her stair speed. <laughs> yeah. So she can gain a ridiculous amount of speed while running upstairs. Now on hills, she slows to an absolute crawl, but stairs, now you're talking. We have Iwan 2 Gamma, who's, like I said, 
this like weird shooter stuff. His thing, his stages are pretty linear again, like like most of the characters. Uh, to shoot, you basically hold down the attack button and then sweep your camera across the screen and lock onto a bunch of targets. Uh, which I actually like. It's very simple, but it's got a satisfying motion to it. I, I don't know. I don't hate this character. I think it's pretty fun. The one issue with it that honestly didn't really notice till this playthrough was I realized like, oh, all his levels are really short. Like, really short. <laughs> like, the first levels are less than a minute. <laughs> E102 is the only character with a time limit. Uh, I didn't bother and check if there was some like time cap like some of the classic games where if you reach like 10 minutes in a stage it kills you but uh he has a specific time limit and shooting targets increases that tails also has one i guess tails yeah because the um you'll lose the race but e102 has a time limit and shooting the targets increases it but you can beat the stage long before the default time limit ever ends or even gets close to ending Dustin said the first stage was like a minute. I think the first stage is like 30 seconds, honestly. Yeah, it's honestly like, like for a character I'm like, it's pretty fun to move around. It's a shame because it really feels like wasted potential, which, you know, they'll build on in the next game. But here it's just like, man, why'd you make guys bother? Like, it's so weird. And on that note, the boss fights for Gamma are just awful. <laughs> They're nothing. The boss fights for almost every character are just awful um we could yeah, t- I mean, discuss the, more it's mainly later. like the final bosses that'll do something but gamma you can literally beat every single boss by standing still and pushing one button yes <laughs> it's wild every um, single boss except for the last one but that's yep. one out of five bosses <laughs> yep uh and then the final character is big the cat who man um just uh what a garbage pile (laughs) (laughs) oh freaking big the cat so i'm a person that loves a good fishing mini game i love sure i think most games should have fishing in them final fantasy 15 had the best one um i just finished hades hades has a fantastic one animal crossing i love big does not big is all about just fishing which not only is not at all what should be in a sonic game it also is bad (laughs) Yeah, it's not fun. Part of the problem too, it has such a restrictive camera. Like, it'll f- you'll throw the, your lore in, and the camera will follow it, but it's static to the lore, so you can't turn around your camera to see if uh, you're trying to catch your friend, uh, this friend of yours that's a frog. So you can't even see if you're close enough to the frog to attract it to your lore half the time because your camera's facing the wrong oh, no. direction. It's infuriating. I hate this mini game, and sometimes you can get lucky and beat his stages right away. But if you don't, they can take forever. <laughs> Not to mention the the actual hit detection and collision for Big is especially just finicky. Uh, to actually catch Froggy, which I don't think the game does a good job telling you at all, you actually have to, the moment he bites, you have to move the analog stick as well. The game doesn't tell you that, no. And every time I play it, I... It's infuriating. I always forget, yeah. Yep, it sucks. If you click on the character before selecting them and click instruction, it says it in there. But who the fuck oh, no. is going to do that? <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It, it does a... And, and honestly, I'll talk about the open worlds in a second. It does a bad job of telling you what to do. 
in most of his stages, well, so a couple of stages are like, okay. Like this first stage, it's a swimming pool, so obviously the frog's in there. Once you get to Emerald Coast, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, because that level is so big, it's just, there's so many places for that stupid frog to be, it's infuriating. <laughs> like, looking for him, and then once you find him, re remembering how to actually catch him, and hoping your camera's in the right place, it's so dumb. Whatever. <laughs> I will say, and this is just a benefit of having played this game a couple times now, the f froggy is always in the same location. <laughs> so once you know where the frog is, then you can always aim there. But that's only if you've played the game before, which not everyone has. Yep. Um, speaking of which, let's just talk about the hub worlds because this game does feature hub worlds. It features three of them. I think they're bad. They're bad hub world design. Um, a lot of it just feels like they're there to be there. And again, they feel like maybe they were remnants of that RPG uh, style, which would have made a little bit more sense. But there's a lot of moments in this game where you'll go to the hub world and it will not tell you what to do next. Which, for years for me, has never been a problem because I've played this game a ton of times. It wasn't until playing it this time and kind of like analyzing it, it was like, man, if you're a new player why would you know to go do some of this stuff like yeah you're just thrown in the dark for a lot of those objectives sometimes it'll show you a cutscene that shows you like a statue falling in one hub world that you need to bring to another hub world but like how would you know that <laughs> it's wild it the, how you would know that is they put a tutorial character this you know like navi looking light that you can go talk to and still just straight up tell you what to do but it's like if you have to do that, then you have... Oh, no. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's especially not helpful when you are in the wrong hub world and she'll just be like, oh, maybe if you go over here, something will happen. And then you go over there and nothing happens. <laughs> and you're like, okay, now what? Yeah, it's just like these really weird, like, go here, something good might happen. It's like, why would the characters know? Like, it's it's bad hub world design. It's also bad story design. <laughs> Which, you know, I know I'm complaining about the story in a cartoony 3D platformer, but, like, it's dumb. It's just straight up dumb. <laughs> like, why? It's, like, why do the characters know where all these Chaos Emeralds are? <laughs> like, they never bothered to explain that. It's just like, we'll just go here, and go here, and go here. It's just dumb. Yeah, it is wild, because as someone who does actually fairly enjoy these Hubworld layouts, like, I enjoy kind of hanging out in the world and have knowing where things are it's not necessary like i feel like if this game was still stage to stage i feel like it would still work oh definitely <laughs> which is not great for a hub world yeah the thing about these hub worlds that makes them i think just bad is there's almost nothing to find like you can find some optional emblems but they're pretty rare like there's no reason to explore which comes to one of my biggest criticisms of the dx version of this game which is they add a mission mode which will allow you to go back into the open world it's separate from the adventure mode and find these mission cards which are basically like achievements sometimes they'll be objectives within levels sometimes it'll be stuff you can do in the open world like uh bring this mannequin to this one spot or whatever i don't understand why that's a separate mode i feel like if they had put that mode into the adventure mode it would have really helped justify those hub worlds like, if yeah, there were things for you to do and collect while you were in between missions, it would make way more sense. It'd be way more enjoyable. Why is that separate? I've never actually messed around with that, so. Right? Like, the fact that they are separate weakens both of them. 
Because once you've played the adventure, why would you go do these missions? You know, like it's like it's it's just really weird design, uh, especially since they changed so much about the DX version of the game. Anyway, I don't understand why why they did that. Do we want to do? Okay, let's just do before we get into spoilers. I guess quick overlay or over just quick thoughts on the story. Yeah, so I find it neat that all the characters interlink in some ways and you get multiple angles on the story. And I find that a neat way of telling this story. I do not feel like it works at all. (laughs) Not at all. It's fun. I love the stupid voice acting and the stupid plot and the stupid everything about it, but it isn't good. (laughs) No, it is really bad. It is extremely enjoyable. Yes, totally. It's super fun quick dustin edit in a great edit in a great voice line no way i can't believe this oh don't worry uh we will be <laughs> every time i've sworn will be something fun um it will be knuckles like going egg- oh no <laughs> or eggman going chaos <laughs> it's so good um or, i think it some was of that... a dud i can't believe this oh my god oh my god okay i got some specific things to say about that but (laughs) the presentation i think is part of it this game's downfall because it's so bad we talked about the models i actually think the dreamcast models are a lot worse because they're both bad when you see them animate the dreamcast models are very obviously bad though like especially when characters are talking like it looks like somebody is forcing their mouths open with their hands do you know what i mean like it doesn't look like natural movement at all. It looks like somebody's taking their hand and shoving their lips up and down to make them talk. It's, it's really rough. Oh my god. It's especially when we consider like uh, Crash Bandicoot came out three years before this. <laughs> like, And that had fairly simple mouth movements for Cortex. I mean, specifically the PlayStation one, but the god, the it's still so impressive to this day that they did that on the PlayStation one. A year prior to this, which looks horrific. Yeah. Eggman doesn't even have a mouth. His head just bobs up and down. He's a red versus blue character. Uh, It's just like... It's kind of amazing, and I love it. I really do. Like, I think it's great. I know. We're dunking on this game a lot, but a lot of those just awful nonsense is actually super enjoyable in both a nostalgic and just a so-bad-it's-good way. Yeah, it's charming um (laughs) it's it's great i love it it's fantastic i did want to rag on gamma for a second and uh how stupid children are specifically me as a children uh, as a child i thought he was the coolest thing in the world i loved him so much and he Uh, is no he's not he has the dumbest (laughs) design on the planet (laughs) he's egg robo from sonic it's so lame he's so lame looking (laughs) But he's egg. He's from What's Sonic his, like, 3. What's his weird crotch flap? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for armor. Why does this his gun have a big dumb handle on it? It's so. Why dumb. does this hover upgrade not connect to his body at all? Oh my god! It's also this What's upgrade with the for tails that has a ribbon. He looks like such a torque. Oh, or he just puts it completely on his chest, at the size of his torso. <laughs> all the upgrades look so dumb. I, I mean, I that's something that. that'll continue into the next game as well, but yeah, they're <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they great. 
Um, I guess we could... Oh, okay, no, no, before we go into spoilers, we have to mention the soundtrack. I believe this soundtrack set the tone for what Sonic was from then to present. <laughs> like, I think this soundtrack defined Sonic. Oh my god, you're not kidding. This soundtrack, I know we're talking about a lot of this stuff where it's so bad it's good or it's like just dated. This soundtrack is still phenomenal to this day. I love it to death. It's great. And it really hits you in the face when you open the game with Open Your Heart, which is like... Such a fun, dumb, cheesy song. Like, it's great. Also, shout out to that opening just straight up spoiling the game. <laughs> yeah, it just shows the final boss. Like, eh, you'll get to this eventually. <laughs> okay. But that song rules. I think it really sets the attitude. And, uh, it, 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 you know, it feels a little bit at odds in this game. Like, I don't feel like the characters really exude that attitude. But in the next game, they definitely do. Which is why I just think that soundtrack is so important to this series. And... I mean, honestly, it is. It, I feel like it made it what it is today, which is, sounds weird, but like, you gotta give credit to uh, is it Crush Forty the band? Crush Forty and uh, June June Sano is yes. the um, guitarist there. But specifically, "Open Your Heart." I feel like that song really just set the mood and the tone. I mean, it's for this it's a series. great song anyway. But oh yeah, I just I also love just all the stages that are so varied yes totally uh you will be hearing open your heart at the beginning and in its entirety at the end of this podcast like it's great it's phenomenal but yeah the actual stages are pretty varied there's some sort of like more uh percussion oriented stuff for the jungle themes there's that sort of electronic techno stuff for the eggman levels pretty much what you would expect uh, I really love that sort of atmospheric piece that plays in one section of Ice Cap. It reminds me a lot of Fendrana Drifts from Metroid Prime, which is sure. strange. I love uh, E-102 Gamos theme. Like, get that little piano riff in there. It's really good. Uh, and I also think it's really impressive that, specifically for Sonic, I don't know if this happens in everyone's story, but pretty much every stage has three separate mu- music tracks. Yes. Two or three. Yeah, there's um, a lot. Which is really impressive um, and also kind of lends to the fact that there's, each stage is kind of split into acts where, much like the classic games, there was an act one and an act two. I feel like the stages are broken up like that and the music matches that. Which is only a thing for Sonic. The other characters don't get that. It's great, though I do need to, because I said something positive, I have to say something negative back to the presentation. <laughs> the soundtrack is great. I love that all the characters have their own themes. That's awesome. I don't love that they feel the need to play those characters' themes every time they show up in the story. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. Oh, man. Especially Sonic's, because his is like a very loud guitar riff, which is awesome the first time you hear it. But then you're going to hear that same riff over and over and over again. And like, they restart that riff every time they need to fade to black and open a new scene, every time the characters walk to a different location. So at least in one cutscene, you'll hear that opening to that guitar riff three times within like three minutes. Yeah. It's, it's also on the title screen and then terribly it's, it's everywhere. It's bad. Like, 
it's like nobody thought about it yeah the other one that really grates on me is um big's theme whenever it shows up oh i hate big's theme (laughs) it's like that it's like i guess i would describe it as like southern rock it's bad to me i guess i don't know yeah i'm I'm sure somebody likes it not a great song but when just that little opening plays every time he shows up i'm like oh god it's big again screeching guitar (laughs) just like okay okay I mean, I mean a lot of the characters themes i love them but when you hear them over and over again when you know every, the opening to amy's theme <laughs> every single yeah, time I feel she like shows the up only ones that don't really bother me when they show up are tails and knuckles and gamma yeah gamma's is great i feel like those kind of show up and you're like okay yeah this is this is good it kind of fits I mean, they're all pretty good. It's just when you have to hear them every time one of those characters is on screen, you're like, somebody should have thought about this and stuff to this. Yeah, I generally do love the soundtrack. I don't think it's my favorite song. It's definitely not my favorite Sonic soundtrack. That's the Sonic CD Japanese soundtrack. But (laughs) I'm still on that. That's still a fantastic soundtrack, the Sonic CD Japanese soundtrack. But yeah i mean between the adventure games it's not this one no, it's not it's not my favorite either but it is the most influential i feel like um, oh yeah it definitely set the tone yeah okay let's uh talk spoilers which is a silly concept considering this game spoils itself but we're going to do it anyway uh it's fun it's a fun game just if you're gonna play it be prepared for some repetition and maybe some glitches yeah it's kind of just a piece of history at this point so So, I want to specifically complain about a lot of these characters are idiots. <laughs> yeah, what is Eggman's plan? What, what is, is Eggman's plan? plan? What is Eggman's plan? His plan is to power up chaos to become perfect chaos, destroy Station Square, and then build Robotnik Land on its ruins. He wants to destroy Station a City. Square. City. A city, yeah. But they keep calling it Station Square, implying that it's like maybe a suburb at most. It's a square, yeah. <laughs> so his plan to do that is resurrect this ancient god, and then power it up to its complete form. So that which it you have the to city. imagine took some work, right? Yeah. They don't really go into that, but I well, think you can fill was, in the gaps. It was trapped in the master emerald. That's why he broke it. Okay. He went to all that trouble. Yes. Yet he has this flying airship uh-huh with giant guns on it that is totally capable of destroying buildings uh-huh also he apparently had a backup nuke yep and a second airship uh-huh ready to go mm-hmm. he's also very capable of building a secret massive base in the middle of a jungle that just disappears yep whenever it wants to uh-huh why did he bother resurrecting this ancient evil? <laughs> yep. It's more this fun dude this is way. an idiot. Like whoever <laughs> is funding him needs to stop. <laughs> like somebody needs to go. Hey, what are you using this money for? Like, why you need a second flying airship? What? Why? Yeah, because the first one might explode. Might. 
okay. might. So we're giving you all this money to study this, this you you know this ancient, uh, that's clearly inspired by like Mayan stuff, God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why do you need a bunch of radioactive material? Seems like um, you're it's for, maybe it's for building... my robot assistance. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, a second airship, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> you just listen. His plan is bad, but it is more fun. It's just so ridiculous. Also, um, why can't he just build a city somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, clearly he has the funds and means. Clearly that giant like chasm in the jungle where he's already built this massive base would have been fine. A base that holds two airships? Yes. Like, you've got the space, dude. <laughs> also, your airship floats. Make a floating city. I don't know. Stitch them together. So... <laughs> stupid stupid yeah video game. so and he also has teleporters that teleport between the chow gardens so why does he need like, it's it's a whole lot of just nonsense i also hate entail story it's one of the i've hated it when i was a kid too uh when you go chase him down he goes through the speed highway section because this nuke is a dud um, <laughs> and so you as tails have to go beat him to that section once yes. you beat him to that section you're in the casino area which is behind that section and that's always bothered me <laughs> that has yeah, never so not you bothered disarmed me the, you disarmed the missile and, and then, then ran all the way back there apparently <laughs> well yeah what else are you gonna do yeah, yeah fair enough sit by the missile come on that's not gonna accomplish anything <laughs> what a dumb thing uh i will he give that boss fight credit walker <laughs> it's probably the best boss fight in the game <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> I think Egg Viper, the final boss of Sonic. Oh yeah, that like one's alright too. Yeah, not Egg Hornet. You can beat that by mashing the A button. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! When he lands, you could just repeatedly homing attack as fast as possible and destroy him instantly. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. So, who's your who 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 has the best story? The best story? Yeah. Uh, I think that probably has to be Gamma. You think? I think so. It's the most self-contained, honestly. And it's mainly about Gamma sort of overcoming his circumstances and deciding what he wants to do and becoming his own being. So, I mean, I find that at least like somewhat better than all this other nonsense. He has more satisfying character arc, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I suppose, though. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, sure. Is it weird that when he says he's going to go rescue his friends, you have to go kill them? Yes. yes. Does it kind of make sense? Yeah, kind of. I, As a kid, it confused the hell out of me because I didn't understand that they were the birds. <laughs> Yeah, there are birds inside. And so he's freeing the birds. As a kid, I went, he's just killing them. <laughs> That's weird. He's just killing, he's rescuing them. I don't feel like Re- they ever rescue make complete. super clear. <laughs> so it's no, just they kind don't. of weird. It's weird. Um, and the story with a lot of birds and birds that apparently can shove whole emeralds in their bodies and the frog as well. 
Well, the frog carries two emeralds at one point. And a tail. And Chaos's tail, yeah. What a dumb <laughs> And tail somehow gets one of the emeralds, but not the other out of the frog. It's a mess. <laughs> it's awful, uh, and I love it. The best story... Oh, man. Oh, God. Sonic's is the most complete, I suppose. <laughs> like, But it's very straightforward and fine. Um, it's straightforward? Yes. I mean, I guess... he takes a whole side quest with Amy there in the middle, so... God, okay, okay, let's let's jump off of that. Amy sucks, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it means nothing. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't even really end, honestly. No, it doesn't. Amy's a bad character. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I I hate that character so much. You just don't like Amy? No. Her entire character is like, uh, Sonic, love me. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Sonic clearly so... doesn't want me, but I'm gonna be persistent. <laughs> yeah, and that's Which something that gets better like way later into the series, but especially for these adventure games, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't come across as... <laughs> Like, uh, again, I understand these silly cartoon games. I'm criticizing them like they're The Last of Us, but, like, it does not come across as strong female character more as it does, like, oh no, stereotypical awfulness. <laughs> like, it just annoys me. Oh, yeah, and Sonic's blue and she's pink, and, like, it's a lot of just nonsense. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> I mean, I like her design. I like the way she looks a lot. I like her dumb hammer and her, like, like the pink hearts and stuff. Like, I think all that's fun. I just think, like, man like i hate characters like that where they're trying like where it's like meant to be this endearing thing but it comes across as creepy <laughs> like that's the only way i can view a character like that right like clearly the big character does not like you at all but you won't let it go <laughs> yeah that's it's rough uh on the topic of amy though she originated from sonic cd which was on the sega cd and there's a brief flashback at the start of her story where she and Sonic are running away from Metal Sonic, which is the plot of Se- of Sonic CD. Mm-hmm. So this clearly takes place after the classic games, but then it gets really confusing in terms of timeline. <laughs> I wouldn't put too much faith in like, but. <laughs> I don't think they cared. Uh, even in these games, like, we picked them... Like, we're doing, you know, Adventure through 06. I don't even think these games have a great through line. <laughs> like, like, Well, I no, don't. okay, so they don't, but... Even Adventure 2, like... <laughs> the the direct sequel, the numbered sequel, yeah, just does not connect very well. No, no, clearly they do not care about continuity, which I think is a little bit of a shame. I think that could be fun, but, like, whatever. But then um, they put in continuity nods being like oh knuckles they tricked you again like that's what sonic 3 was about yeah and then sonic cd's reference there and it's like okay that's all good then where's station square and eggman when did he know about this and so i guess it's like he's built a lot of other stuff before and then now he's like okay now we want our hidden base and our two airships who is funding him who is funding him, though? Who? who? <laughs> um, uh, I'm honestly struggling for what to talk about. I guess we barely talked about Chaos, the main antagonist, I guess. He's not really a character. He's just kind of a force. I thought he was dope as oh, no. a kid. 
Oh, I still think he's great. Yeah, he's it's cool. just the best character design. He's just a blob of water that can fight. Yeah, I think it's cool. I love the Godzilla, the Godzilla oh, shit no. at the end. Where he's yeah, with perfect bursting chaos. through buildings and stuff. It's fun. I also love the fact that he grows and changes form. I always find that just really interesting. That's yeah. just something that even as a kid I loved, but having it I mean they skip over Chaos's three and five, which is still a little weird to me that to this day. Yeah, I would say the only thing that sucks about the context of that being in a video game is I don't think they ever like I don't think each of those forms is super fun to fight on their own. So I feel like it does kind of weaken it to me where I don't feel like any of those boss fights are great. Yeah, because you only ever fight Chaos Zero as Sonic, Chaos is... Two as Knuckles, yep. and then Chaos Four. Four as Sonic Tails and Knuckles. And God, that boss fight is awful. Yeah, and you have to do it three times. Also, uh, why can they walk on the water? It's bad. It's bad water. You shouldn't be able to stand on it. And then Chaos 6, you fight as uh, Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Big, technically. Yes. No, you don't fight him as Tails. You just Sonic, Knuckles, and Big. And then Perfect Chaos is Super Sonic. Are there any other story elements you want to talk about before we move on to that? Um, were we going to try and piece it together? <laughs> okay. Yes. What is the very first thing that happens in the story, excluding the to call stuff? Because obviously that happens like thousands of years in the past or whatever. Yes. So the first thing that happens is the beginning of Knuckles' story where the Chaos Emerald, the Master Emerald breaks. That makes sense because he needs that to unleash chaos yeah chaos breaks out of the master emerald okay okay so then it's either the beginning of gamma's story or big's story right yes it would be after that would be the oh man i think it's after that would be nebulous like you don't really get okay so it's either the bit after the fight with chaos zero because i believe in with chaos zero he goes through the drip the drain Uh and then ends up in the mystic ruins where froggy eats his tail no because he doesn't have his tail huh nope so that must happen before i assume that he makes his robots before i'm just gonna make that assumption he was prepared yes the robots are built before and then big story starts when chaos gets his tail yes and then Sonic's story starts. Where he fights Chaos Zero. Yes. yes. I think that is the order of events that kick off the plot. Um, yes. And then we have the tail stuff. Who shows up. Like, Sonic beats perf- beats Chaos Zero. Then we have Nebulous amount of time where Sonic just is chilling by the pool. Even though he fought a water monster that escaped. That's weird. He meets up with Tails. Tails and him fight Eggman for a little bit, go collect more emeralds. While they're doing that, Knuckles is hunting pieces of the Master Emerald that are broken. Yes, and fights Chaos 2. Yes, and then after that, those three meet up 
Is Gamma doing anything? Um, I believe this is where... Uh, what are Gamma's stages? This is where no, Gamma... No, because Emerald Coast, he's getting the frog. Yeah, so this would be... After this, the fight with Chaos 4 would be where Gamma is activated. Okay. God, this is so nebulous. Um, <laughs> so, you have the fight, then you do the sky chase stuff. Yes. They get shot down. Oh, by the way, Amy has the bird at this point. Okay. Well, they get shot down, then we meet Amy as Sonic. In front of Twinkle Park. In front of Twinkle Park. They go in. Tails falls somewhere in the jungle. Yes. Where he has to sandboard. Yeah, he has to find a Chaos Emerald to power up the Tornado 2 because the Tornado 1 just got shot down. Yes, that makes sense. So you go through the sand hill and then find the red Chaos Emerald, which then Froggy eats. Okay. This is while Sonic and Amy are in Twinkle Park. And, and Knuckles then, is doing something, I'm sure. He's yes. in Casinopolis at this time. Okay. And okay. Mountain. Okay, and then, so then after that, Sonic and Tails meet up again. They go back up to Eggman's uh, airship, board it. How does Big get up there? Okay, so this is the biggest plot hole in the whole thing. <laughs> we can try and connect things, and it's a little nebulous. There's no way Big would be able to get up there. I don't remember. How do they do that? <laughs> exactly. So here, I looked up the, <laughs> I looked up the cutscene to verify this. Uh, Gamma steals Froggy in uh, Emerald Coast. Mm-hmm. Big then follows Gamma to the final egg zone in the ru- in the forest, and then it plays the cutscene of the egg carrier taking off. And then Big is on the egg carrier. There's no way that at that point in time, the egg carrier would be taking off because Tails and Sonic are already split up, meaning that the egg carrier is already in the sky and they already shot down the tornado one. And it didn't land between those events. <laughs> it wouldn't sure land and then that? take off we again. ever see it? Well, I mean, we because, never see it land, but... But then would it take off and disrupt the entire jungle again? I don't think that... Yeah, because this... Oh, no. Tower base just disappears and reappears again multiple times. But the only way that... The only next time that the egg carrier is seen on the ground is when it crashes into the ocean. And it hasn't done that yet. Wild. <laughs> and no, it's not the egg carrier, too, because that's dumb. <laughs> There's no Regardless... Way. Almost everybody is up there. No, everybody's up there. They all take turns fighting Chaos 6 for some reason. Uh, they get off that. Yeah, Big so story Gamma, fights, uh, Gamma fights Sonic and Tails. Mm-hmm. And then after Eggman got the Chaos Emerald out of Amy's bird, because the bird had that for some reason, um gamma had already let amy out of prison and started to question his morality that's Sonic right amy Tails... also showed up on the ship the same time big did the same way 
Did she? Yeah, no, she was kidnapped by Zero and brought into board. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then they go. Sonic and Tails fight Gamma. Amy stops them before they kill Gamma. And then Gamma leaves to go rescue the rest of the E-Series. Amy is carried off of the ship by Tails. And then Sonic goes to fight Chaos 6. How does Big go? Big uh, goes through Final Egg at this time, I believe. Or Hot Shelter. He goes through Hot Shelter, catches Froggy, and then goes to Chaos 6 before Sonic gets there. And Eggman gets... No, because he has his tail when you fight him as Sonic. Yes, so this happens right before Sonic gets there. Uh, Chaos's tail and the emerald within Froggy get absorbed to form Chaos 6, along with the emerald from the bird. That forms Chaos 6 out of Chaos 4. And then Sonic shows up and says to rescue, that he'll rescue Froggy, even though Big just fishes Froggy out. Big then steals the Tornado 2 and flies back home, ending his story. Sonic fights Chaos 6 while Eggman's there, and then Eggman runs away and Sonic follows, and then Knuckles stays behind and fights Chaos Chaos 6 right after that, uh, and then finally finish off, finishes off Chaos 6 and steals the remaining 6 Chaos Emeralds. Ending his story. Yes. Okay. So Sonic tracks him to tracks Eggman to his lair after going through Lost World. Does the missile stuff happen before that though? Yes, the missile it has stuff to. happens after Tails lands with Amy. So Eggman flies down, Sonic gives chase but misses him and falls flat on his face and should have died. Uh, Sonic then goes through Lost World while Tails fights Eggman for the missile. Then Eggman comes back to base and Sonic fights him after going through Final Egg. Ending Tails and Sonic's stories. Yes. And so then we have Gamma left and Amy. Yes, so the egg carrier's already crashed by this point. Gamma finishes killing off the E-Series and then goes through Hot Shelter and finishes off E-104 Zeta and then fights E-101 Beta Mark II on the crashed egg carrier. Amy fights Zero. No, Amy, Amy fights Zero first. No, Amy fights Zero second. Gamma and beta explode freeing the two birds amy's birds parents and then amy fights zero killing zero and then the birds just show up and are like okay cool amy's bird has the family back together so in terms of these six stories amy has the last canonical moment e- well yes and then super Sonic, yeah, yeah. yeah okay okay Man, that conversation, that whole discussion should illustrate how poorly the story is constructed. Um, it makes sense when you're playing it. 
in terms of, oh yeah, this is when this character shows up in this story. But like actually trying to piece it all together into one story is just a mess. <laughs> yep. Let's talk about Supersonic. All right. The Supersonic awesome story. As a kid. Like, I didn't... Again, because you have to beat all the stories to access him, which as a kid I didn't know, and I was stuck on Big's book. Oh no. Yeah, because um, that sucks. This was one of those things where... Again, I'm a kid. I don't know. I heard about it on a field trip. Some other kid was like, do you know you can become supersonic? You have to go talk to everybody. You need to do this stuff. And I was like, what? I had no idea. So it was like legitimately mind-blowing to me. <laughs> I thought it just ended before that. So that was like a really fun thing as a kid. Um, so I, I love that. And I do like that this game does give you that reward for finishing everything. It sucks that to see the end of the story, you have to play big, uh, mainly. <laughs> you have to play big. But the worst I'm glad that the they game. do give you rewards. And it is rewarding. It's very hype. It's cool. Uh, it does have another presentational problem <laughs> that I hate, and that probably just annoys me and only me, when Sonic becomes supersonic uh, with the power of friendship, I assume. I don't know. They make up some dumb garbage about the chaos embers having positive and negative energy whatever he starts floating above the platform it's like the music starts playing it's like hell yeah and his like right foot is <laughs> through the street it just clips through the floor yeah yeah well, like, you know guys you could have landed this moment you directed this floating like, like what a lame <laughs> just a little lame i hate it um but it's 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 fun to see supersonic um also weird bit of pacing during this boss fight it basically takes place over two stages they're like the same thing and the first stage you get open your heart over it which is awesome and then the second stage you get the super dour music i don't understand why they like didn't those reverse those first yes yeah. <laughs> it's weird <laughs> The intense one for the first phase and then the hype one to finish yeah, off. Yeah, totally. Like, it's a it's weird, backwards, like... backwards, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a great fight mechanically, but I loved it <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. Also, the story for this supersonic bit is a little bit dumb where they're like, okay, Oh, you cool, don't say. <laughs> a little bit dumb. Just a little bit. Um, As compared to the rest of it, which was not dumb at all. Yeah, so the final story, supersonic, starts with chaos just coming back anyway even though he's defeated aboard the air carrier and he comes back he uh, beats up knuckles in his chaos zero state apparently knocks knuckles and eggman unconscious and steals the six chaos emeralds man shout out to them getting so much use out of that scene of the island falling by the way yeah <laughs> they just play it again also i'm pretty sure when it raises they just reverse the footage I'm no, like I think the water effects are different, but yeah. Also, in gameplay, what is happening there? <laughs> That's not the same island as they showed us. It fell down. But it, it has mountains. Where are those mountains? That's Red Mountain. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so. Red Mountain has a prison the... on it in the sky? It has a what? Prison? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> Eggman's been busy. Okay, okay. I mean, he had all of Sonic 3 to build it, I guess, so 
It's not the first time Angel Island has okay. fallen. I guess that makes a little more sense. For some reason, I had assumed literally it was just that little plateau Knuckles is stuck on. Oh, with the shrine on? No. Yes. And then I was always like, that's weird that in the seat it shows this massive island, but in gameplay it's just this tiny little thing. But I guess that makes more of sense if it's that whole area. Yeah, so when you go up through the air draft in the Mystic Ruins, that all of that is Angel Island, including Ice Cap. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Because Ice Cap was also in Sonic 3 on Angel Island. Okay, okay, sure. Where was Station Square? Eh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> There's no actual Sonic map, so we don't know. Anyway, the Eggman then pieces off and goes to fight Chaos, Perfect Chaos itself assumedly perfect chaos with his egg carrier 2 which is dumb sonic uh, tails and knuckles or no just sonic and tails i guess knuckles doesn't care sonic and tails go to look for the tornado 2 which has the last chaos emerald and it crashed next to big's house when big hijacked it they go and they find it and then chaos steals the emerald right before them and then before transforming into perfect chaos moves himself to station square instead of the mystic ruins and destroys station square why does he care about destroying station square who knows Um, because eggman told him to and he somehow cares about that now even though he knocked out eggman to get the i don't know yep to give her credit, it always captured me to be as a kid as this giant water monster and these buildings are exploding because they're just filled to the brim with water. I loved that imagery. I still think it's a cool idea, uh, even though they spoil it for you in the game. But I think it's cool. This water monster's dope. The song is dope. The idea of Supersonic is dope. Like, it's a lot of cool things. The fact that there's no casualties when this happens because all of the residents immediately oh, teleport off so the many sidewalk people for some are reason. So dead. So many <laughs> nope. people are dead. No casualties. The manhole covers explode and it's like, oh no. And then literally the next shot, there's no one on the sidewalk. They are faster than Sonic. They got Except out of there you can hear quickly. cheering when he <laughs> When he wins, yeah, they t- they run back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh good video game yeah very good video game 10 out of 10 a plus uh better story than the last of us uh we didn't even mention to call any of pack a packs god path. that stuff is super generic i will say i like to call i like going to the past but it is the most like oh generic, uh, mystical nonsense yes mystical potentially a little offensive native stereotyping um with this to call character who's of course a good peace-loving child and her father's a warmonger who wants to use this ancient evil and it's blah 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 whatever like they trample shows the chow, up a billion which pisses times. off chaos and then chaos destroys them all and that's why the echidnas are gone and knuckles yeah. is the last one yeah, I mean, I like the idea that these are ancient echidnas. I think that's fun. Um, but yeah, it's not like anything particularly interesting. That's why we kind of glazed over it. And you do have to go there a lot. Like there's a lot of flashback scenes where, which are weird because sometimes it feels like, oh, these are just flashbacks the characters can't interact with and they're just kind of weirded out by. But then sometimes the call will just turn around and start talking to whoever's there. Oh, and what's your name? Oh, I'm Tails. 
why can you talk to me? <laughs> yeah, why why didn't you talk to Sonic? <laughs> also, to call interrupts the story to like give you this, she'll float around the character and be like, "Oh, here's a flashback now," to give the characters more context to what chaos is, which is great. But she also does this for Big and Gamma and Amy, who don't give a oh, no. shit about chaos. <laughs> Also, none of these characters have a moment where they go, did you have a weird thing? Did... Was that weird? <laughs> Especially, oh my god, the moment in the supersonic one where uh, Emerald, or um, em- Eggman uh, leaves, and then they're like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta hurry, we gotta get that last Emerald. And then to call Stop Sonic to give him a flashback, but it doesn't freeze time at all. So when he wakes up from the flashback, Tails is mortified, and the face is amazing. She's like, oh my god. It's and Sonic's like, awesome. ah, he was on a snooze cruise, I guess. And then when he comes to, Knuckles has already left. Tails is still waiting there, and they're like, we gotta hurry. And it's like, but you just spent like tw- 10 minutes looking at a flashback. Oh, man it's yeah it's amazing um it's a good video game very good (laughs) yeah that's why i would like we read that fact about to call being potentially playable character i totally believe it because she shows up all the time and i'm just like there was probably meant to be gameplay sequences with her i'm willing to bet also that area uh you know the mystic ruins area that you teleports to is massive (laughs) and is like barely used so and, and extremely confusing. Yes, I'm sure there was meant to be more stuff there. But have I forgotten anything? I think we were pretty thorough. Well, that was Sonic Adventure. What a journey it was. Um, join oh, us. we didn't even mention the Chow Garden. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the Chow Garden is, is super cool. It's a little... I mean, it's basically like a more involved like Tamagotchi or whatever, where you kind of raise these these characters, which you can train to go on races. It's neat. I loved it as a kid. I've replayed this game tons of times as an adult. I never touch it anymore. It's just a little too slow for me. But I think it's really cool that they included it, this and the next game, and I think it's a bummer they've never gone back to it. Like, I know a lot of people who literally just played that and never the actual game. So I don't understand why they abandoned it. Super cool idea, super... It's one of those things where it doesn't require it for 100% completion, or it doesn't require for 100% completion, but not to see the end of the story. So it seemed kind of like a harmless, cool thing for people. I don't understand where it went or why, but it's neat. Yeah, it's something I didn't mess around with. Even as a kid, I didn't really mess around with it too much. Um, My sibling and my cousin were obsessed with it, and they would make me play the same stages over and over again just to get level up things and rings and stuff to get their chow levels up, which was super fun. I will note that if you go into the chow garden after playing dx if you go into it in the dreamcast version it is insane because the original 
had nothing. <laughs> yeah, I did that uh, because you can access it fairly early on in Sonic Story, and <laughs> it is completely different. Yeah, the layout is completely different. The There's no way to view your Chow's stats. You can't pet them. <laughs> you can't name them. I mean, there might be some way to name them in the VMU that I didn't try because my VMU's out of batteries. Uh, the Chow race is actually that little thing where they all run off into their little aisles is actually like something you can walk around in which was wild oh really yeah you go and step on a button and then you deposit your chow and there's like a bunch of little omo chows sitting around which was the first time omo chow was the thing it also plays that techno track that's from the chow garden in sa2 it plays that in the dreamcast version um but it's like wild how much is just there's no black market like what are you even supposed to do with your rings then it's wild how much was added for sa2 and then when uh adventure dx came out they added all of the sa2 stuff back in and it makes it so much more enjoyable honestly yeah that's fascinating i didn't know any of that it blew me away when i stepped in there i'm like oh it's completely different the Chow models are completely different. Their colors are really weird for some reason. Huh. It is insane. Neat. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, neither of us did that for this playthrough, really. We just wanted to play through the game. It's it's a cool side mode, though. I I think it's interesting that they did that. Yeah, I raised a golden Chow in the GameCube version and was trying to get the Game Boy Advance Link stuff to work, but my Link cable is apparently broken for some reason, so I couldn't get any of that to work for the miniature Chow Garden, but I'll try and get it working for SA2. So next episode, we will of course be talking about Sonic Adventure 2, which I'm very excited about because I love this game. Um, It's so good. Uh so yeah join us for that that game is also much like this one available on modern platforms with a much better re-release it's got widescreen stuff so well if you don't if you don't if you ignore the sound issues yes yes okay yes it does have some sound mixing issues but like whatever gameplay wise it's better so yeah join us for that uh if you'd like to follow the show and keep up with us uh, when new episodes we're releasing, what we're playing next, you can follow it at Save Station Pod on Twitter. Connor, where can the people keep up with you? Yeah, I'm at Conifer SSR on Twitter. Uh, you can f- follow me for whatever nonsense I decide to post. Um, you can always message the either both of us or the Save Station Pod Twitter. We'll respond if you want to talk sonic adventure with us maybe you have more experience with chow garden we'd be happy to chat with you where can they find you dustin at dustin h dragon on twitter um and yep totally uh yep this was a lot of fun to play i'm really excited to carry on with the series at least with the next two entries <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it'll get better and then it'll get much worse yep uh so we'll see you next time and until then remember be good to each other Yep, and take care. Bye.